everybody. It's your time to add up on the Ed Up Experience podcast, where we make education your business. This is Elvin Freitas, co-founder of the Ed Up Experience, and I am here in Doha, Qatar, at the World Innovation Summit for Education 2023, this amazing convention center. It's absolutely beautiful. And I have my next guest come on, and I practiced the name before. Let's see if I can actually get it right this time on air. Okay, my guest, his name is Sadat, see, Sachdeva. Got it? Good. Okay, good. He's okay. the co-founder of Rocket Learning. How you doing? I'm good. Thanks for here, having me here. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for being here. So um, I want to learn all about Rocket Learning. Tell us all about it. Yeah, uh, it's a pleasure to be here and, and, and sort of experience this advice. Uh, I think at Rocket Learning, we are trying to revolutionize early childhood education in India. Okay. Uh, we are working a lot with three to eight-year-old children, uh, ah. their parents, the community around them, the daycare center workers where they go to get preschool education yeah. and trying to get a better learning experience to these children. Yeah. Most of these children and families are low-income communities and families in India. Okay. Uh, so that's the bottom 40% uh, of India. And uh, me and my set of co-founders, we are five co-founders, are trying to solve this giant problem of getting high quality early childhood education to around 35 million children. Whoa, uh, <laughs> all over India. Yes, we're currently wow. working with 2 million children across nine states. Wow. But there are around 30 to 35 million children in India who are not getting access to high quality education. And that's what we want to solve for. Whoa. So wait a minute, let's hold back. So you're saying access to high quality education. Does that mean that they get access to not high quality education? <laughs> it depends. Yeah. I think uh, if you are in an area uh, where awareness around early childhood education is already high, where there are good preschools available, yeah. then I think you'd be sort of born in a lucky area in that sense, right? Okay. Uh, but to a large extent, I think a lot of focus goes into education after the age of six. But before oh. the age of six, right, what is something that parents and communities are not aware of. That's what you're trying to solve for. So early childhood education, that's really important because 90% of the child's brain develops by the age of six. Yeah. And if the right skills are not taught at the right time, then yeah. it's very difficult to catch up. Yeah. Uh, so we're trying to bring focus into early childhood care and development. Uh, yeah. And that includes engaging parents, including yeah. engaging teachers, yeah. and getting them involved in the child's learning journey. Okay. So talk me through how does that work? Um, first of all, how do you know where to start targeting your... Um, services and what you want to do right so th let's think about that and then once you know where you want to go how does that even what, what do you, <laughs> knock on people's doors and you say okay i'm here let's talk i mean how does it work uh, that's a very good question <laughs> uh, and that's why we use a lot of technology so uh two elements to it i think we partner extensively with governments uh, so oh, okay. indian it. government has set this sort of beautiful structure of daycare centers yeah. Uh, so each village will have one or two community centers, okay. which are supposed to be the deliverers of preschool education. Okay. Is that free? Uh, and they have private as well, right? They have some they have they have private as well. Yeah. Uh, the government part is free. Okay. Uh, and that's at three years old? That is at three to six, yes. Three to six, got it. Okay. Uh, but what we are doing is strengthening that system. Uh, so we, uh, our outreach is not a B2C model. It's a B2G2C. Where Ooh, we're going via the government. Okay. Uh, oh, government. Ah. So we're partnering with the government yeah. and doing it at scale. Uh, so we partner with the entire district of the state. Uh -huh. And then it becomes a government program that we are supporting at the back end. We are oh. providing content. We are providing technology-based outreach. And to your question on how are we reaching parents, I think we're doing it via low-tech apps like WhatsApp. So every oh, day WhatsApp yeah. worker will yeah. make a WhatsApp group of 10 parents. Yeah. And we've built a bunch of automation behind it. 
automatically sends what uh, is it that the parents are supposed to do today uh-huh. with their children. And we ask them to send it back. So if you're a parent and you've done activities for four days in a week, you get a smiley report card at the end of four days <laughs> saying that you've earned yeah. four smileys. Yeah. And that keeps your motivation going. Yeah. Uh, so we want to build awareness in parents. Uh, we want to give the parents information on what they're supposed to do. And we also provide them motivation when they're doing the right thing. So this is what yeah. we call AIM, which is A-I-M. Yeah. Aspiration, information, and motivation. And that's okay. how we keep the sort of circle going. Uh, so we have around a million parents on these WhatsApp groups wow. uh, where uh, you know automatically content is going yeah. Half the parents are responding back. Uh, the others are seeing that you know parents are responding, so they also feel that social yeah. motivation. Yeah. And there's already a community there, right? So it's digitizing an existing. Community. Yeah. Uh, so that's technology. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we are building some cool AI use cases around that. We're trying to predict as a parent when are you going to turn off the program, right? So we can nudge you before that. Ah. Uh, in month two, you get a nudge saying that we really will miss you if you don't come back next week. Yeah. Uh, so that's how your motivation keeps going. Uh, and, and you see your child developing. That's, that's the best impact, of course. Yeah. And we also measure whether children who are engaging this platform are indeed learning better. And that we found as a statistically significant improvement in learning performance. Wow, that's fascinating. So, um, how do you get the parents to buy in on this? Though? How do you get their consent? What's the pitch to the parents saying you should really sign up? Absolutely. So, again, that's where the partnership with the government plays a big part of it. Okay. None of the parents actually know about rocket learning. Ah, and that's it. Okay. They know about their district program, uh, government ah, program, which is yeah. coming to their doorstep, mm-hmm. which is being delivered via a trusted source, which is their daycare center worker, whom they already know uh, probably for the last three, four years. Got it. And that's the pitch. Uh, of course, once they get into the program, yeah. then we take them onto that journey of getting them onboarded, telling them about the importance of wa- what they can do. Yeah. And once they do that, then mm-hmm. they also see sort of this daily recognition which comes out yeah. uh, in terms of certificates, uh, emojis, yeah. etc. So I think that that sort of keeps them going. Yeah. So it's a gamification kind of uh, yeah. process to get them going and keep them yes. going. Like yes. Okay. Got it. And so um, you are working with AI, right? And... Um, with you at Wise, and they're talking about creative fluency and the human flourishing in the age of AI. So when you hear that, you think about that, what does that mean to you and the work that you're doing? Yeah, I think uh, um, it, it's very profitable for education uh, to think of AI, right? Yeah. Because technically you can have a world where the entire teaching learning process, the teacher and the student, uh, and what the interaction that's happening between them can be replaced with technology, right? But we look at AI as a big enabler in the teaching learning process. Uh, what do I mean by that? Can the teacher be assisted in adding more diversity to the classroom? Can the teacher be uh-huh. assisted in knowing which are the children who are probably lagging behind? Uh-huh. Uh, and can AI smartly plug itself into the teaching learning process yeah. to make the teaching process better? Yeah. It's not to replace the teacher. Uh, it's yeah. not to replace the parent. Uh, mm-hmm. That's never the goal. Mm-hmm. But it's to basically hedge for certain behaviors which are not there uh, to start with yeah. and then sort of continue building the right behavior. So I think smart nudging is a fantastic use case for AI yeah. for us. Yeah. Uh, personalized learning journeys uh, are fantastic use cases for AI. Oh, tell me more about that. Personalized learning journeys. Yeah, so if you're a parent and you've sent a worksheet uh, right, uh, with uh, certain letters marked out, uh, now we're building sort of machine learning and AI models to identify where you've gone. And then, parent? Uh, <laughs> it's a parent child unit. Uh, okay, right? uh, your child is doing the work, parent is sending it back. Right? Okay, okay. Uh, so, 
where is it that uh, that we can give you the right feedback so that the next time you're trying the same sort of thing with your child, yeah. you do it better. Yeah. Uh, right. So that's one thing. The other thing is taking it to the classroom. Uh, so at the classroom level, uh, curriculum will dictate that you know chapter one, oh, yeah. uh, page two has to be taught this day. Mm-hmm. But each classroom acts differently. So yeah. Can we do smart assessments to then see you know, your classroom is probably at this level and needs revision for this topic, yeah. and that is the sort of feedback that we can give to the teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, so again, I think the engine needs to be running in the background yeah. and to be able to personalize different things for teachers and for students who are learning at different levels. Gotcha. And so. Um, how long has the business been in? Uh, we are in our fourth year. We just completed our three. Okay, got it. Are you following them? Have have people, have the students and parents kind of um, uh, grown out of the <laughs> the yes. program? Because you said three to eight. Yeah. So what happens after that? Are you, are you, do you want to follow them? What's, what's uh, the so uh, there are students and parents who graduate out of our program. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and uh, we do follow them from a research point of view. Uh, yeah. So we try to do end lines with baselines and endlines, yeah. uh, which are surveys to see which children are learning at what level. Yeah. Uh, so we've seen that the parents and children who are engaging with the platform are reaching the top 30% of their class and are showing better scores nice. in numeracy and literacy. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's early positive signs. Yeah, that's great. Uh, the other thing is parents are also reporting uh, that they are more confident in engaging with the child, which is a big thing. Interesting. Uh, right? yeah. uh, because that really shapes up their behaviors even when they graduate. Yeah. Uh, because parents need to feel confident in engaging with the child in education. Right? Yeah. And these are parents who are not educated themselves. So 70% yeah. of our mothers have not uh, taken schooling after the fifth standard. Yeah. So they are themselves not educated. So they have, they're coming from... What was the fifth standard? Uh, grade five. Grade five, okay. Yeah. Uh, so, wow, uh, yeah, that's, yeah. that's really young. They yeah. need to first sort of um, get confident in themselves as educators yeah. and then sort of uh, yeah. go to educating with the child. Yeah, absolutely. Because I agree. I think the parents are the, the first educator, right? Absolutely. The lifelong learning educator, um, which I totally agree. You first went into building this. And I love the name. That's cool. Uh, were there any things that stood out to you and you were like, oh, wow, I didn't expect that to learn, you know, while you were kind of putting it all together? Were any big uh, trends or anything that you're like, oh, wow. this? And then you adjusted and said, you know what? We thought going in we needed to do this, but now we've had some experience and we found out, let's pivot and do this. Anything that comes, in, comes yeah. to mind? I think uh, earlier we hoped that uh, sort of awareness around education we had taken as a given. Yeah. Uh, uh, ah. That, you know, parents would really want or know that education at this age. It's like a no-brainer. Yeah, yeah. like, of course. Yeah. Uh, but that was an assumption that was not true because a lot of uh, campaigns in the public have been around enrollment in in schools from a grade one point of view uh, but there haven't been enough sort of mass it. media movements around preschool education Interesting. second is i think was a happy sort of serendipity for us was uh, the influence of technology right so we have this bot on these hundred thousand groups right which is sending content yeah. around 60 percent of our parents believe that the bot is their teacher oh wow uh, so uh, we played into it. Uh, <laughs> uh, we really went into it, and we yeah. we saw this technology being inferred as the system, yeah. and that is giving more respect, more credibility to the system. Yeah. And that's that's really something that I not anticipated. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. You would imagine that you would be wary of the bot. Of course. Uh, yeah. But uh, the bot sends a message in the morning, and then we see replies of "Thank you, mom." <laughs> Thank you, teacher. That's yeah, yeah. super. Right? Oh, that's so cool. uh, so yeah. some of these things are, are yeah. really interesting to see. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so what is the future of rocket learning? What's going on with, uh, what's your plan? What do you want to do? What's going up? Yeah. Uh, I think we, 
are looking to build the first of its kind sort of AI bagged coach for both teachers and parents, mm. uh, right? An engine which works automatically, which can be leveraged across communities, across governments. Yeah. Uh, we really don't believe that we will be running this forever, but we want governments and large systems to be able to take this. That's one big priority. And the second is, I think, moving from early childhood education to early childhood care and development. Ooh. So also looking at zero to three, nice. uh, and that's when sort of children start doing early stimulation activities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And again, trying to focus on how to engage parents and communities even before they enter any sort of schooling setup, yep. right? Yep. Um, so that's really important. And that also has streams of nutrition, of behavior change. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to be a complicated process. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, as a matter of fact, we had someone on uh, a while ago to talk about prenatal education. And uh, they were saying the same thing. They learn so much, even inside the womb. You know, there's so much opportunity within those first nine months there to teach the parents to be ready to be their first uh, teachers of the child. So there's a lot there. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy that you're going to do that. Uh, okay. So last question for you is, what do you see as the future of education? Very, very interesting. <laughs> right now. Uh, I think education from a, from a technology point of view is going to completely look different. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people saying that. Uh, I do think that the teaching learning process and the human element will always be there. Yes. Uh, I do think that uh, imagine sort of a, a a piece of elastic, right? Where technology and, and AI are stretching us, yeah. uh, but the, the material of the elastic is still, still us, the human element, yes. right? It's stretching our limits, mm-hmm. it's allowing us to do more with yeah. less. That's definitely important. Although I do think that a huge revolution around what we are teaching and what we are learning is also going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, jobs are going to look drastically yeah. different. Yeah. Right? Uh, for example, there's this huge body of research that says that we don't really need to understand computation or mathematics now mm-hmm. because there are enough machines in the world to do yeah. that for us. Sure. What you really need to understand is what is the problem that we're trying to solve? Here. What is the computation can be done by any machine? Mm-hmm. The inference of the problem or the solution can now be done by AI. Yeah. What we need to do is to frame the problem and the questions correctly. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's what we need to teach our children. And yeah. that's a radical shift from where we are right now. Yeah, fascinating. Okay, well, this has been great. I really appreciate you uh, coming on and, and tell us about Rocket Learning and your insights. So um, thank you so much. Thank you, Alvin. Thank okay, you. I'm going to outro you. And I always did it. I'm going to try again. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you have been hearing from... See, I already messed up. Sedan. 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 Yes, I got it. Sedan. <laughs> Satsadeva. Satsadeva. Yes. Okay. He's the co-founder of Rocket Learning. Uh, thanks again. I appreciate it. Thanks, Alex. Okay, you got it. Ladies and gentlemen, you just ended up. That's it. Nice.